Welcome to the Future of the Mind, where two seasoned psychotherapists explore topics that bridge science with spirituality and psychology, ultimately uncovering the fundamentals of human behavior. Ever wonder why we do what we do? The answers are more simple and scientific-based than you can imagine. This understanding allows for practical, day-to-day approaches for change. Your hosts are the developers of the therapeutic model, the Soul Happy Technique, and are also authors and co-founders of Soul Happy, a company aimed at healing humanity, one subconscious mind at a time. Hi, welcome to podcast 12 of Soul Happy. I am your host, Tracy Zaboro, along with my co-host, um, fellow therapist, Kara Hewitt, and fellow uh, business owner of Soul Happy. Hi, everybody. Great to be with you today. So today we're excited um, to talk with you about the topic is, is talk therapy dead? Ooh, <laughs> Wow. I know, right? You're, yes. I know. Well, the fact, that, you know, the fact that we're both therapists and we've been doing this for decades and, and that we would address something in such a way, it could be like, what are you saying? Are we going to be out of jobs? Yeah. Wow. That, now, that's a topic that, um, that certainly we are passionate about because we, we, we talk about so much about this um, in our book and then on, and, uh, online. We we uh, therapists are definitely evolving in our techniques. And, and so is talk therapy dead? I don't think it's dead per se. Is it evolving? Absolutely. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Right, right. Um, and for anybody who's listened to past podcasts, I know we've mentioned a couple times that in our career, Karen and I both um, felt that you know, there just had to be a, a better way to do this, a better way of going about this. And we had become kind of frustrated therapists. So this topic, like Kara said, is near and dear to our hearts. Um, so why don't we just dive in? What One of the best place, places to start, I think, is um, we are finding that there that more people are seeking help. I mean, why do you think that is? Well, look at our world. I think that's just plain and simply the answer. Uh, we are more stressed, we're working harder, we are inundated with, with so much technology, we, we are virtually communicating with one another, not face-to-face, don't think that's the best idea for, for upcoming generations. But I think that there's, we just live in a world that is extremely difficult to live in right now. So why wouldn't we look for help? Right. And, and you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, everybody's just busier, you know, I mean, just the past 10 years in, uh, in this new, uh, the way technology has evolved, there is, there's really a whole new, whole new perspective, basically, on our own identities, on how we go about making decisions. Um, lifestyle, everything is under a constant microscope. I mean, think about now how people seek information online just because it's at your fingertips. So we're, so we're more seekers of information. And I think it's in part because it's just, 
you know, so much easier. It's right at your fingertips. I mean, look at, think about like the lifestyle gurus. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow you know, has made a whole side career with, uh, with her lifestyle website, you know, that um, I think it's called Goop. But the, the point is more that she is out there letting people know about all the things that she thinks is fabulous, you know. And so people like that, I mean, stuff like that, I guess, only existed, you know, maybe a, through articles in magazines in the past, you know, that you would get that would come once a month to your door and you could maybe read an article. I mean, now you can go online and get 20 ideas within, you know, under five minutes on what is the best color to paint your bedroom if you're looking for a soothing night's sleep. Right. Yeah. I, it's, it's an endless amount of information and ideas out there for all of us to just, we absorb it, we process it, we, uh, we think, you know, what am I doing? Right? How do I look wrong? How do I look right? It's yeah, become, that's the microscope. That's tough. that is our new normal, and that is what all of us are going through. So when we, at the end of the day, we're not feeling good about ourselves, or we haven't accomplished what we wanted to, or we yelled at our child, and we don't know why. All these things really boil down to one thing, and that is that we are living in different, changing, stressful times. I don't think there's anyone on the planet right now who would not agree to that. Right. And, and as a result of, of all of this information at our fingertips and feeling like we're under a microscope, we have more of an awareness just, you know, it just comes out in all these various um, things that we're doing, whether it's we're judging our own self compared to others, or whether it's that we're researching something online. We have a new awareness that there are so many different things out there that we can do to improve ourselves. In fact, um, I was looking at a, um, an article that said that there, this was an article done in 2015, five to six million Americans receive psychotherapy for depression each year, which I got to tell you, um, is, is a higher number than I, than I even thought. I mean, I'm in the field. Yeah, I know me too. Um, but, but at the same time, I'm not even surprised. Um, uh, you know, right, because a depression is just one of those diagnoses that, that was in this research. How many for anxiety, I mean, exactly. you know, how many for addictions? There, there's all of these other the diagnoses that were not included in the study. So how many more were seeking therapy than even cited in that particular right. uh, research right. that you found, Tracy? So, so yeah, we are in we are in evolving times for certain, and therapy uh, is 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 right up there with them. It is evolving, and and how many people? Um, are looking for therapy in a different way. And that's kind of, that's kind of what we wanted to address today too, is so that now that we have all of this information, we have it at our fingertips. We expect immediate gratification, don't we? We, you know, I just recently bought, you know, bar stools for my home. I, I didn't want to wait a week. I wanted them delivered the next day. So that's, that's our new normal. We want things immediately. And right. if right. we could put these symptoms of, of um, mental health or even, even the issues that we deal with on it, if you, if you have anxiety, for instance, you want relief, you want it fast. How could you do that? 
Right. And so that, so that's so something that we haven't in psychotherapy haven't really known how to how to address up to this point. Now we're having to because there we are we live in a world where where decisions are made or or solutions are right around the corner. They're well, just right there. An interesting little, you know, kind of bringing us full circle back around if I mean if people are really wanting things quicker, more efficient, more effective, you know, people want quick fixes. Um, and we were already maybe getting a little bit frustrated with talk therapy and its efficacy as therapists, then it just kind of seems to go hand in hand to first look at really the bottom line is talk therapy less effective. Are there new ways of doing things quicker, which is what as therapists we were kind of hoping for and looking for anyway, somehow, you know, the two things, the need is there on both sides. The therapist, as therapists, you know, I started feeling like um, I really didn't like the subjective nature of therapy and how some, you know, some people, boy, they'd come in and they would just really, you know, it would just seem, I mean, they were kind of like a delight to work with. And then I'd be kind of doing the exact same approach with someone else who was just really, we were like going nowhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, subjectivity is absolutely something therapist that whole concept and in terms of how we work with our with our clients that absolutely comes into play because there is no formula you know okay go and you go to a physician's office and you have a you have a child that has an ear infection for instance and you know what antibiotic will work on certain um, infections that's that's proven They've got research to back that. Well, people are much more subjective and they're coming to you with a certain symptom or a diagnosis or, or just an issue. Well, like Tracy just said, you come in, you, you can utilize the same sort of dialogue with someone and in hopes that the, that the insights in, into their own behavior will, will come forth and it may not and you're doing the exact same thing. So the subjectivity is an issue with, with talk therapy and working with clients. Right. And, you know, talking about lifestyle change, and then you add that to the subjectivity. So people are so much busier, as we said earlier, our lives are filled with so much more. Now, imagine back like in the 50s, so this was even before, you know, I feel like I've been in this, Karen and I have been in this field you know, forever, but the 50s was but not, not the 50s. Before. Yeah, not the 50s. <laughs> so in the 50s, you know, it was really common if you were going to a therapist. Now, first of all, therapy wasn't so common, but if you were going to a therapist, it was very common to go two, three times a week. An hour a time. And people, you know, people's lives allowed for that. I mean, I can't imagine the millennials yeah. of today, you know, going yeah. laying on the couch, like literally the old fashioned laying on the couch and just going, wah, 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 <laughs> on, on, on. It's, you know, it's just not going to happen. So fast forward a little bit to the, you know, to the 80s, you know, when I was trained and, um, you know, people just weren't quite doing that anymore. Again, therapy was not, it was still kind of considered a little bit taboo back then. It wasn't still super accepted. You know, now it's basically mainstream. It's no big deal. In fact, it's just like, it's almost like a rite of passage. You know, well, my therapist, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, 
Um, but in the, so back then it was already starting to shift a little and we were um, starting to, you know, try to do things a little quicker through more like cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which is still talk therapy, uh, which was considered, it was actually called short-term therapy. Do you remember that, Kara? That was considered yeah, short-term therapy. Now, I was also doing a form of a little bit more of the old-fashioned talk therapy where I was really, truly what we would do in terms of trying to help somebody deal with a past, whatever, a trauma, a past failure, a past disappointment, a past bad relationship, like a difficult relationship with, a, with your father or your mother. Um, we would have to bring up, bring up the topic, bring up the relationship, bring up the memory, bring up the trauma, and we would have to relive it often numerous times. And I would process, help them process their feelings as they're displayed, like meaning literally they had to display the feelings and go through it all over again in order to eventually come out the other side where they've just kind of like cried it out so much. It's just not, they're desensitized to it. That felt like torture. So yeah. that that is really starting to shift now. Nobody's got time for that. Like I said, millennials wouldn't even have the, the yeah. who wants that? They're, they'd be like, really, we're going to address this again? Again and again. And yeah, and so I do think that that, that, um, that focus on those processing those feelings over and over again, I do think that is changing. And don't have a tolerance people, for they don't have the tolerance. And, and of course, insurance is not going to pay what it used to pay for all of those sessions. So that is also shortened. It's, expe it's also, it's expensive. And so, so either you're paying more out of pocket or a lot of right even use their insurance and so it was very expensive if you're going to be in therapy for one two three years um you know so all of that it you know it's just time it was time for this shift and for this evolution and Kara and i turns out we're um bandwagon we have been yeah. Really yeah. from the rooftops of the therapy offices look there's a new better way yeah follow follow the flag <laughs> we're heading it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if people wear this, but do you have any tissue boxes therapists go through? Oh. <laughs> I used to buy them in bulk from, from Sam's club because I used to go through so many of them early I mean, who on. Picks a, who picks a yeah. career where <laughs> people who are crying all day? Like what, what the hell? Right? Like some, you know, right. what, what were we thinking? But you know, <laughs> very altruistically and it's all we knew. It's just all we knew. And during right. that period of time, when we talk about it as a subjective, we'll call it like a period of, of subject, you know, that period in our careers where we were working with subjective tools. Um, there was another study, you know, Karen and I were doing some research for this and the, this study really was very interesting that sure enough, um, the efficacy really did very greatly. So, so therapists who were pretty good at their skills were finding you know that they had a lot of progress with their clients well the the uh study is also self the clients are self-reporting so they're reporting that they're feeling better now again even that's subjective exactly it's, it's not like we're doing blood work and seeing if their serotonin levels are up we're actually just having them self-report so it's all survey driven but anyway again the efficacy was very greatly some therapists were finding great results other therapists were like what made them a little bit less skillful um i guess that's true really in any career now that i'm saying that but 
the outcomes vary so greatly. So we were really, you know, as therapists and then you guys out there as clients, um, nobody likes inconsistencies and results. You know, we all want results, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we want them fast. And that's kind of the new way of thinking, of course, with technology like it is and the world that we live in, we want things immediately. And so what you just mentioned, technology, I mean, where is therapy headed? Yeah. Well, we think it is headed, of course, with the help of technology to um, online counseling. I mean, that is becoming the new normal. I mean, I'm hearing about it every day. I'm reading about it every day. Um, Tracy and I got out of uh, our practices early enough where this wasn't so prevalent. However, it has become mainstream to see your therapist either through uh, Skype or, or Zoom or whatever these online cameras and, and yes, visual apps now. Like there are apps, there are absolute apps, and there are also, you know, of course, phone phone calls too still exist for therapy. So, yeah. so technology has enabled people to reach their therapist conveniently. And let's say it's convenient for the therapist as well. A lot of therapists are working right out of their homes now. Right. And, you know, it's interesting, Carrie. I just wanted to make one point when you talk about phone therapy. So um, if that back in the day, you know, back before uh, online, anything was, was mainstream, you know, if we had to do a phone session, remember it didn't, I don't know how it was for you, but it didn't feel quite as effective. No, it didn't. I, I had a, a um, client who had M who had MS and there were times when she just simply really wasn't capable physically of leaving the house and coming in for therapy. So we would do a phone session. You know, of course I wouldn't hesitate to do that in that case. However, um, you know, we always said, you know, when you can't really pick up the nuances of, you know, facial expression, you know, being able to just kind of see how somebody's responding to something, the nonverbal cues, we always felt that it was really better to do it in person. Well, now if you're talking about, like you said, Zoom, Skype, um, uh, what's, uh, uh, what's the app anyway, there's, you know, I know there's a couple apps out there too, where, you know, you are, you're technically face to face, you're just on a screen. Well, suddenly you do still get the, you know, you do get to pick up the nonverbal cues. I mean, that's because of all of the, you know, the, the, all these changes in technology have now made it like, you know what, they, they solved that problem. You know, fast forward a decade and, you know, you can see anybody on a screen across the world even. That's right. They're, doing, they're doing, they're doing um, hypnosis even through right. through online um, screening oh. like that. And they're being the really cool thing. It's now it opens it globally. So you know, I've got friends of mine who have clients that are in Europe or in Canada. Right. Like I was teasing. Oh. Somebody's got to get out of bed for that. For some of those, you know, like mm -hmm. two, well, like three yeah. in the morning. But yeah, <laughs> but it happens. And so there's. There's opportunity for people. Again, it's at it's at their fingertips. Technology has allowed for therapy to be at people's fingertips at their convenience, in yeah. their time and space, and it, it's it's a good thing. And it also uh, creates opportunities for, like I said, like for therapists to be able to have a flexible schedule as well. So that that is really a nice thing. So really, you know, as you're listening, you can hear that um, we as therapists who have been in the field for a long time, uh, we, we like the trend. We think that the way this is headed, I mean, psychotherapy is in for like a new, 
a whole new, a whole new landscape of how it's going to look. And it's, and it's better for everybody. It's quicker, it's more effective, it's more convenient. Um, I think that, I think that we are being forced to kind of grow with the times as is a lot, you know, really any careers out there, what career hasn't been affected uh, by technology. And I think any fields out there that aren't moving with it, you know, they're going to get left behind. But in our case, well, right. I think actually in most cases, it is, it's a real blessing. It's a great thing. It's something that's, that's assisting and making it better. It's making our field better. Yeah. And, and uh, I even, I even know of someone, a, a friend of mine who seeks uh, psychiatric medications for depression through a psychiatrist, an MD uh, over Skype, same same concept that we were talking about. So now you can even get medications through uh, online work. And that, like that is really, really convenient. Like a consultation yeah. with a psychiatrist. With a psychiatrist, she's actually getting prescriptions uh, probably sent through you know, emails or whatever in order to get her medication. So there's, everyone's embracing this. And I think in the mental health field, and it is a good thing. It's a very positive trend that is happening for, yeah. for us in the helping professions. Now, one thing that I think is interesting is um, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned is kind of the, so, so the, the one, so what we have seen online is you can go to a lot of different therapy websites, counseling websites, and you're assigned to a, you know, to a professional, you know, a licensed therapist, and you set up appointments and you do have interactive therapy. I mean, there's a lot of that out there now in whatever way they choose to do it. Like we said, whether it's Skype, Zoom, phone, um, an app. And then there's also now at our fingertips, a lot of courses and workshops that you can do online you know again you don't have to you don't even have to leave your house um and there's a lot of stuff out there it seems like workshops and courses a lot are directed towards anti-anxiety and how to bring stress levels down there's a lot of that so that part you know all of that's great now one thing Kara and i have done is we've developed a therapeutic technique so we're actually conducting therapy but in a different way not that interactive therapy that you know that you would be getting the one-on-one -on -one individual therapy but it's a technique that we guide you uh, through these different various exercises but again in the privacy of your own home you purchase the technique you download four sessions and you know we think that that's going to become I mean fast forward five years from now I think that's going to be mainstream people coming up with techniques that you can do in your own, you know, again, in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. And, and even the uh, therapists that practice different ways, you know, so you've got, you've got faith-based counseling and you've got um, psychologists that are more clinical and then you've got uh, neuroscientists. I think they're all, these are all being embraced and understood that, the, the technology now can be used for in different ways for people. Neurofeedback is another, or biofeedback is another uh, really powerful tool that I believe is going to be, that is now utilizing technology for, for mental health. So it's all evolving that way anyway. We 
we just know that talk therapy it may it has its place but it, but real change real fast real convenient there are other ways to get someone and we, we where they want to be at a faster in a, in a in a more quick more efficient way and that is using technology to get you there yeah and and as long as we're talking about these also not just the technology behind what assists making it faster but to just talk a little bit about um a quick just to kind of run through some of the techniques that are out there because we keep referring to them we should just do kind of a brief you know rundown of the ones that are out there um carrie you were trained in emdr yeah emdr is eye movement desensitization reprocessing it's a big big word um that really describes a specific treatment for trauma so trauma utilizing bilateral stimulation of both hemispheres of the brain that enables you to process uh, quickly and efficiently again uh, takes two or three sessions and it's it's more specific for trauma there's a lot of research uh, right now with EMDR working with veterans and PTSD um, so it is it's a really powerful method uh, for treating trauma mm -hmm. there's another type of therapeutic tech and again this these are these are now being utilizing technology to um, give EMDR in different ways, such as uh, there, there is uh, stimulation through through the, there's a tapping method with the EMDR that's utilized, or there's a light bar where you actually watch a light go back and forth. Again, using technology to get to utilize or to, to um, implement these these therapeutic techniques. Right, the technique might have been decades old, but now they're utilizing new ways. They're implementing it in new ways that are actually even more efficient. They are, and uh, faster. And then, of course, we there's something called emotional freedom therapy, or uh, EFT. And that's actually a very simple thing, that where you tap the meridian points of the body, moving energy. All of these are all about energy, moving energy throughout the body. Right. And, and we're actually um, going to go more into these techniques. Yeah. We'll podcast, go. So we don't have to go into it too much, but really the point here is that we're, we are recognizing now um, there's this new wave for psychotherapy that's, that's basically called energy psychology. And it's because we're able to utilize um, energetic, the, the theories, energetic theories, along with what we now know about brainwave states. And again, these are things that, you know, when I was, when we were kind of teasing about back in the day, you know, people come into the office three, three times a week, talk therapy, you know, they just didn't know. We, there was a lot of stuff we just didn't know that we now know through, through science, through neuroscience and through um, cell biology and things that we can actually utilize and utilizing this stuff. Um, and like we said, we'll go into it a little bit more in depth next podcast, but it's, it's been able to utilize this that has helped us find those quicker quicker, and it's science, so it's not subjective, it's actual science backing it up. So it's quicker, it's measurable, it's more effective, and the results are more sustainable as well. That's our experience, and I can tell you that a lot of other therapists who are utilizing these energetic exercises uh, feel the same way. Sustainable results. Right, right, right. So we're excited about, um, you know, 
these various trends and how we think it's beneficial for both our field and for all of the people out there that are seeking help. And we are, like we said, we're on a mission. Karen and I are, are shouting this from the rooftops that we are, you know, we're looking forward to this, to this new way in, in psychotherapy, these new trends. So stick with us and um, keep learning right along with us. That's right. See you next time. Bye-bye.